Hi, this is Welcome to Self, and I'm your host, Dr. Haley D. Quinn, fellow human, business owner, clinical psychologist, and coach. Welcome to Self is a place where you can come and learn about the practices that assist us as humans. Realize that you're not alone in the ways you struggle, and have your curiosity piqued on various topics as I chat to wonderful guests or bring you solo episodes. This is a place to remember that you are human first and have different roles in your life that need your attention. And for that, you need to take care of yourself in the best way you can. My aim is that this is a place of nourishment, growth and nurture. A place where you can welcome yourself. Welcome to another episode. I'm excited to bring you another great guest for season four. My next guest was such a delight to interview and we both really enjoyed the interaction, which I think you'll hear throughout the interview. We talk about living authentically in line with values, vulnerability as strength, accepting support from others during challenging times and being cheerleaders for ourselves and others. It is my pleasure to introduce Ricky Gailgaard, Ricky is a licensed psychologist, peer-reviewed ACT trainer, an awarded fellow of the ACBS, speaker and chief rock and roller in her own business. Ricky is on a mission to help therapists thrive and to be brave and authentic helpers. Trained as a clinical psychologist, she has a 15-year background in the science of human behaviour and the practice of behaviour change. Ricky is a popular speaker at the Scandinavian as well as international stage, and she is known to bring both passion and vulnerability to her talks. She transforms the lives of her audience by bringing evidence-based strategies to her listeners in ways that are palatable, manageable and impactful. Ricky is known to leave her audience in tears with compelling stories from her own life and to create extraordinary interactions between people. We may both have had a few tears during this interview. I'm sure you're going to love listening to Ricky as we chat together, and I think you'll find lots to take away from this episode as well. So sit back and enjoy. So hi, Ricky. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. It's really, really lovely to see you and finally meet you um, whilst online, as in person as we're going to get. Um, So welcome (laughs) to uh, the podcast. Thank you so much, Haney. I'm I'm honored to be here and, and you know, so happy to see you too. <laughs> Fantastic. So could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what it was that kind of drew you to the helping professions, just as a kind of brief who who is Ricky? Yeah, so uh so I'm a, a psychologist and I am a, an act trainer. I train people in acceptance and commitment therapy. I live in Sweden. I come from Denmark, uh, and uh, yeah, so I I have my own company where I work with teaching people acceptance and commitment as a supervisor and a teacher, and and I, I'm not 
I, I want to say I'm not sure exactly how I got here, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I know I, <laughs> I went to university. But when I was when I was little, I want to first of all, I wanted to be a fire truck, and then no. you know that didn't happen. <laughs> but I always knew I wanted to either write so to become a journalist or a psychologist, and I wasn't sure with you know, what to go with or if I was smart enough or good enough. And so what I did actually was after uh, finishing school, I traveled for just about five years all over the world and uh, gathered a lot of cool experiences. And so I know my parents were pretty worried that I would never get a degree in anything. And so when I came back, um, I... I, you know, from that traveling, seeing the world, meeting people, I always love to connect with people. I always love to help people uh, reach whatever dreams they have for their life, uh, to see people thrive. Uh, and so uh, then I decided on psychology. And, mm -hmm. and so fast forward, here I am today. Yeah, it's interesting, the, the amount of people who say that they wanted to be a journalist and ended up as a psychologist. And it's yes. quite a high number of people that do that. But also it's lovely to hear when people have taken the more scenic route. I, I yeah. went to psychology later in life as well, and I like to call it the scenic route. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's there's yes. other ways I described it when I was younger, but now I see it as the scenic route. And I think we can learn so much, can't we, from those different yeah. experiences instead of just kind of form going along a formal path. Mm. I'm pretty happy both for myself, but also for the clients that I serve that I had had some experience in life and not just, you know, gone to school my entire life. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I too started late and had a few, well, one child during uh, university and one child after. So, mm. yeah, that was the path. Yeah. So, so last year I heard you speak on Psychologists Off the Clock. And it really yeah. was from listening to you that I then reached out and thought, oh, my gosh, I just need to meet Ricky and, <laughs> and get her on my podcast. Um, what struck me was your authenticity and courage. Would you mind sharing the story of change that has most impacted you and has led you to this acceptance of who you are and what you're doing? Because that's what I really got from that listening to you on the other podcast was this deep sense of knowing who you are, accepting who you are, and moving forward in the world with that. Is that something you'd be happy to talk about? Yeah, sure. And and I, I love this question. And I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about, I'm not sure there's like, there's this like one story. And I think for me, it's like a chain of stories or a chain of experiences. So when I look back on my life, and I also when I listen to my parents talk about me, <laughs> I was always like, if you'd say to me, do not press that red button, <laughs> like surely <laughs> I would, I would do it. Um, but also in myself, I have a lot of like, uh, I'm, I fear criticism. I'm a perfectionist in a sense that's really not working for me often. Uh, and so, and again, I'm really sensitive to criticism and I have this, this fear all the time of doing things wrong. So on one hand, I'm like quite a, you know, again, I press the red button if you tell me not to. Uh, and then I'm really scared of the consequences. So it's, it's a kind of an interesting mix. And the reason why I'm saying this is I want to, uh, um, let people know who listen to that that you can be everything and not it's either this or that. But 
when I look back at myself, I have always, like whenever somebody would uh, try to put me down, I would always get incredibly sad, but I was, I, I would also, also, I would always think that it's so unfair and I would kind of uh, try and stand up for myself. So I, I've seen my life as kind of a series of me working on setting boundaries, trying to stand up for myself, standing up for others. When I was in school, and this is even maybe before I even remember it, but my mom said that if ever there was kind of a weak, I don't want to say a, but somebody who was uh, less privileged or uh, bullied, I would take care of that person. So I've always had a strong sense of this, like (laughs) nobody puts baby in the corner. Uh, And so (laughs) And so what has really, when, when this was then put to the test, like I've gone through a horrible divorce and a horrible breakup. I've gone through uh, starting my own company, uh, leaving another company that was really, really hard on me. So I've had so many instances where I have had the opportunity to practice standing up for myself, standing up for others. And I think that that may be like what I am then now, uh, what it, what you see today is the uh, kind of result of that. Uh, many, many instances of yeah, standing up for yourself, setting boundaries mm-hmm. and uh, uh, trying to uh, allow others to do the same. Because I think that that's so important. Like the, the whatever we do in this world, uh, I think we allow others to do the self. Like if I give myself permission to set a boundary, um, I have also now given others permission to do the same. So I'm and I'm hugely into this like practice what you preach as a psychologist, like that we uh psychologists uh do the or, or you know uh use the strategies that we invite our clients to use as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So this ongoing practice um, throughout your life of kind of ongoing practice, yes, uh, recognizing things, yes, setting boundaries of other people, yes, and then and being absolutely scared while I do it. So there's one, you know, I remember when I got, I I was in the middle of divorce. We were moving our children um, uh, uh, from you know, our house to two houses now, like my, me in an apartment and my ex-husband in his new house. And at the same time, I broke, you know, I, I decided to leave the company I was in uh, due to a variety of reasons. And so I was divorced, uh, divorcing, uh, heartbroken and started to started my own company. Yeah. And I remember being in this apartment and, you know, it, you know, tell reading bedtime stories for the kids and then crying all night, painting the walls by myself and being an absolute mess, get, getting them to school and then trying to do a little work, send uh, my first invoice and all of that. And I felt like I was a complete mess. And it was like spaghetti for five days in a row. Like, you know, it yeah. was really, really, I was struggling. Yeah. And then fast forward uh, just a year after um, my son uh, you'll hear me talk about my children all the time. They are my little gurus. Uh, my I, I, my son had a conversation with somebody else, where somebody he he came to me at a conference uh, in in Canada, and and somebody asked him about his mother, and I was like. And he said, like, what is, what's it like to have Ricky as a mom? And I was like, oh, looking back at <laughs> what would 
you know, the few years we just had where I was a complete mess. I wonder what he, what he's going to say. And what was really beautiful uh, and is really moving that he said, the cool thing about my mom is that the way she gets up when life knocks her down. Wow. And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's that. That's what I can teach people, right? That I, cause, cause life will knock you down yeah. and life, uh, not like it happens to all of us. It doesn't matter. Like it's a human condition, isn't it? Yeah. And so I, that's, I think that's, that's my kind of, uh, motivation to, and that's my passion. That's my heart's mission to help people get, cause I, like, if I could, I would, n- nobody would ever fall, but that's not realistic, isn't it? So helping people get up when life knocks you down. And I have done that. <laughs> um, and I, and so it's like, and it's not like, so you got up and then you stay up. Like it's getting up every, getting up one more time that you get fall down. Yeah, I think you make a really important point that, you know, you can be doing this, you can be practicing these things and be really scared and that life yes. doesn't necessarily look pretty. It can look really yeah. messy, it can look really ugly. Um, there can be lots yeah. going on and you can still practice even just the small steps. You, you yes, exactly. That you, um, you work from an acceptance and commitment therapy perspective and you do a lot of work with other helping professionals teaching the ACT skills, yeah. both for them professionally and personally. Um, and I think yeah. that's so important, isn't it, that we, we do walk the talk when it comes to what we're, we're doing with our, with our clients. So how has the training in ACT kind of changed things for you in the way you work? And what has that particularly done for you personally? I think, and, and this is going to sound very big, and but it and it is very big. I think it has literally changed my life in the way that I have, through the ACT model, kind of, it wasn't until I, I, I found that ACT model that I understood that life is not about kind of fighting uh, things you don't want, but rather allowing difficult thoughts and feelings and making room for uh, making room for that and navigating towards the life that you want so i didn't i i, I haven't I, I don't think i'd had that really that conversation with anybody before i came into act about what kind of life is it that you want to live what is important to you how would you like to be towards others how would you like to be towards yourself so in that so now, just as an example, I gave you the uh, the, the example of the situation where I was heartbroken, di- divorcing, all of that. I I really thought about like how how do I want to go through this? Like what how? So it, this is hard, and my heart is broken, and I'm I'm in physical and I'm in mental pain. I'm just like I feel broken. How would I like to show up for my children? How would I like to show up for my parents my my friends and everybody and that helped me uh, it did not take away any pain but it helped me to navigate uh how i was and how i interacted with uh, people close to me and the world in general uh, in that time and i'm not sure i would be able to do that and even when it comes to my ex-husband um so you know, we had a few years where it was like there was no very, very little communication. And when there was any communication, it was not very, uh, it was not particularly friendly. 
And I remember really, really saying to myself, who, who do I want to be as his ex-wife? Who yeah. do I want to be towards the father of my children? And, and he was in a, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but he he was in a different place and he he was more he was more he was navigating more from a place of anger. Yeah. And so I have I have so many friends who said, How do you keep inviting him? How do you keep being kind to him? Although he's like he's giving you shit back. Mm-hmm. And this is so important because I said he does not deserve that, but I deserve it. Like he does not deserve, maybe, that I'm kind and gentle but I deserve to be kind and gentle. Mm. And so for, for two and a half years, I kept showing up. I invited, I bought gifts for Father's Day, Christmas, birthdays, everything. Um, and uh, they were sometimes sent back and sometimes unopened and all that. I kept showing up. And one day he, he accepted the invitation. One day he came over for a cup of coffee and then he came over for, and, and now today, not many people know this. We're like, we we have dinner every week. We spent Christmas and New Year's together. So me and my partner, my ex-husband and his partner, we're like today, like four parents yeah. uh, around our, our children. But yeah. that I think is one of the one of the most, I think, beautiful examples of how this affected my life. And it took for me to keep showing up with open arms uh, and being kind and gentle person, because that's who I want to be. And it took for him to accept the invitation and to kind of let go of anger and uh, step into this uh, new relationship with me. So I think that is one of the biggest areas, especially now that my children see that their parents are hanging out and having fun and, uh, and they they can freely uh, go to my house, his house, and, and we do things together. So that was one spe- specific example, but um, I think really like the person that you see or the person that you meet is a product. <laughs> I don't want to refer to myself as a product, but the result, I think maybe that's a better word, um, result of many choices around who I want to be in this world, how I want to be towards others and towards myself. Yeah, so really connecting in with your values. And what a gift for your children to model that and to to be that person with your ex so that they're not dealing with the conflict of their parents and and all that goes with that. So good on you because that's not an easy road to walk. Um, So well done. And um, Thank you. But also a gift to yourself because you get to show up and be who you're comfortable being in the world as well. Exactly. And I think, th- I think that, that is so, so powerful. Like in every moment, you can choose who you want to be and how you want to be in this world. And so you can be absolutely overwhelmed by anxiety or anger and, and, and gr- or grief or anything else. And still you have a choice on how you show up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying, Oh, just go out there and grab the world while you are kind of completely lying flat on the floor uh, with grief but maybe you could take one little small step Mm. like some days it was for me it was literally if I brushed my teeth today (laughs) I would have done like one thing that is kind of normal life so that was the standard uh, like getting my teeth brushed or (laughs) something like that yeah and that's the thing isn't it is is meeting ourselves where we're at when we're going through particularly when we're going through really challenging 
parts in life. It, it sounds like you and I both share a strong value of authenticity. And I know for me, living yeah. my life in the way that I'm speaking and teaching to others is really important. And it sounds like it is to you as well. Um, and some of the stuff, you know, I listened to that story with your ex. I'm like, that's amazing. And people will be like, wow, superwoman. And, and I'm sure there's elements <laughs> of you that are oh, this amazing superwoman. But I also know you're human. So I'm curious, despite all that learning, what have been some of the challenges? Because I think it's important when people listen in that it it isn't just this thing of, well, if we practice this, it's it, you're going to get to this place where actually it's going to get easier. What what are what are some of the challenges with that? Whether that's in that situation or other situations in your life, are you comfortable to share some of that with us? Sure. Like so, I think that there are many challenges. Like first of all, it's easier to talk about now than then because <laughs> when I was in the middle of it, because now things are like smooth and 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 you know, literally, uh, we have. Uh, like a, a, a family with four parents, uh, four adults around my children. But at the time, like I was sometimes very pissed off and heartbroken and it felt unfair. And so I had all of that. And I ha have a strong uh, little, I, I sometimes say like a circle around me because that's how it feels when <clears throat> particularly the women in my life kind of stepped up and built a circle around me. So um uh, it's it. I I have also like yelled, but not at him so that he could hear it, but like uh, so that my friends could hear it. And and there were many 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 uh, like ugly parts to that. And so it's not all just it, well in in a, in a sense it is deciding how you want to show up. But there's also this like having compassion for yourself and to struggle and to see that most days you 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 may show up kindly and other days you may not show up at all or you might show up like as uh, somebody who's absolutely uh lost it and that is okay like learning from those experiences mm -hmm. and so i think for me authenticity is um and and so that i think that's what some people see in my teaching like you see you i'll cry i'll tell stories mm -hmm. uh i'll I'll talk about what how I feel. I'll I'll talk. I'll, I'll share these personal uh, stories, um, and people will. I hope they will see me like model vulnerability, courage, and setting boundaries, and uh, all all of that. And I think one of the things because I often get asked about this about authenticity. I think there's a big difference between mm, like authenticity and like transparency. I think authenticity for me is like showing up. Um, being pretty uh, honest about how you how you feel and and kind of kind of modeling uh, empowerment and all of that, whereas I think sometimes trans transparency is sharing everything, which will will and I'm saying this because many people go oh in order to, to be authentic authentic you have to tell everything mm -hmm. you know every struggle you've had and everything, and then people come into this kind of sharing oversharing hangover, uh, which is really really difficult. So I think like. If if people were asked like how do you practice authenticity, I would say like choose. This is again choose how how would what kind of person would you like to be, and then show up as her or him or they, uh, and and that is authenticity. And you don't have to uh, share or be transparent about everything that's happening to you. Yeah, but I think choose what you want to share, isn't it? It's like being authentic choose what, in terms of this exactly. is how much I want to give of myself to somebody. 
and people exactly. in my closer circle will get more of me and exactly somebody who I work with once or twice will get a, a, you know a, a, not a less version but less of me in terms of what I'm sharing of myself absolutely and so I think like to answer I think you said like what is this like what how how do you handle that struggle or I think you asked me something about that and I think to go back to what we talked about earlier is to get up again like every time you fall and every time you do something that is completely not the person you want to be come back get up yeah it it takes a lot of courage i think to be out in the world and um to share of yourself to be yeah. vulnerable um to live in an authentic way and i'm curious where do you draw your courage from which i'm sure is not I, one the, place but <laughs> Well, well, I think like if you I, if I look back on my life, I think that uh, I have always been pretty courageous. So I have I have like I I I have jumped uh, like I did bungee jump and I've done like a few things that I would never do now. But I've always had this um, I think inclination to do to look at what is really scary and then could I be willing to try it? And I think also courage, it's, it's so individual, isn't it? Because, you know, for me, uh, it, it, the, the funny thing is that doing a bungee jump uh, for me then it didn't feel, well, it was scary, but it didn't feel scary so much. But today now, like maybe um, sharing something <laughs> could feel even more scarier than doing a bungee jump. So I think it's very, very individual. So courage, I think, is all about uh, looking at what, like, what scares me and then doing it when it is important. So like, I wouldn't go and uh, pet a snake, <laughs> a dangerous snake, just for, just because I would do it. So I really choose my, my moments of courage uh, with intention. So whenever it feels important, I do it. And I also like, I really want to model this to my children and to everybody around me that if you wait until you feel uh completely sure that this is a great idea or completely safe in, in certain situation, you can wait forever. Mm. And, you know, life is not going to wait for you. Uh, and so it's really, really courage for me ha serves a greater purpose, both like in my own life uh, to, you know, broaden my repertoire, but really as a way of being like taking the lead for others and and tell and showing them that, this is possible for you. Um, mm. you you're going to have to take the step, but I, I will gladly go like in front of you or when you need that or next to you when you need that or behind you, but showing people that courage is possible. Yeah. And it does come with anxiety like or fear. Like it, it, it wouldn't be courage, I think, if, if there <laughs> were no fear. So, so I, I, I feel fear a lot and uh, I choose to, to do things that seem scary. Yeah. So it sounds like values are a big part of that for you to, to move you towards that courage is if this is meaningful to me, if, it, if yes. this is something that fits with my values, then I'm going to move forward and do it. It also exactly like you get draw some courage from your children because this is, this is what you want to model to them as well. Um, but also you mentioned this circle of women that have formed yeah. around you and, and support you. And I think, you know, that connection, we're social beings, aren't we? I think that connection with others can really kind of buoy us up and help us move forward when things are tricky. 
And I think that's such a big part of it too, that to see that you are not alone. You Sometimes I think we may all feel very alone, but I learned like through, uh, and it was multiple situations, but I have now slowly <laughs> learned to ask for help yeah. and to receive help. And that I think like, I would rather bungee jump uh, with <laughs> no no bungee or I don't know what, no elastic, like, like just jump uh, than, than to ask for help or show up vulnerable because, and I think that's, I see this in, in, in maybe in particular in therapists, like we are the helpers. We're supposed to be experts and we help others. So it feels like completely outside of our comfort zone often uh, to ask for help. And I think this of course goes beyond people's profession, but for me, it was so difficult to ask for help. And to allow myself to be surrounded by, like, by, and in this case, it was women. And I will say in my life, it's, uh, there are several, uh, humans around me. Um, but in, 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 in my heartbreak, it was the women in my life who just, it, it felt like they built a wall around me, yeah. which was beautiful. Yeah. That's so it's beautiful so that you have that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, they get to see that they saw the octopus. They they saw me like sit on the floor with I sat with a bag box bag and box. You know, you have that. I, I guess you have that. Like a three liters of red wine, uh, like binging on that on my floor, uh, crying. Uh, and they were like, Okay. Uh, and so they sat down with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we sat there. Uh, and then, you know, they helped me. Not about they, you know, maybe you should take a shower. Maybe you should brush your teeth. Yeah. Maybe we should go and get some fresh air and then we'll go in and we'll continue with the wine and crying and throwing stuff. But, yeah. uh, night, so you have somebody who will see that part of you where you are not put together, where you are absolutely, um, maybe not the person you want to be, but the, the person that you are in that moment. And they would hold my hand still and they would not leave me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that's a fear many of us has. Like, if I show up, like, mm-hmm. if they see that part of me, they will leave me. Yeah. If so really I, I just want to say that. Yeah. Exactly. If you really knew me, you would. You wouldn't. And so, trusting that people who care about you will step up and help you, even, even, or even maybe even particularly on your worst days. Yeah, and I think you know you you raised before about for helping professionals. Um, reaching out and asking for help can be really tricky. And and like you say, not just for helping professionals, but for humans and depending on yeah. our own family of origin, our own life experiences. Um, and I think it can bring up a lot of complex emotions. So, you know, for people listening, it, it's not as easy as like, well, just go ask for help. Like honour that for no. yourself, go gently with yourself because this can bring up a lot of complex um, emotions when we're going against something that feels like something we shouldn't do you know a lot of people can have shame show up when we're when they're asking like I shouldn't need help I should know particularly if I'm a therapist I should know how to deal with these things because I'm a trained therapist but as we know it doesn't work like that you know we're humans it doesn't work and uh, I know and I I love that you said like we are humans first and I think sometimes even for me it was a bit hard when then my my friends who are not in not all the friends, but this particular group who was who, who uh, the circle of women who stood around me, none of them are therapists. So when they said something, I was kind of evaluating their responses and I would like, oh, I would, you know, sometimes I, I think, 
uh, I would say this differently as a third. Like that's thing it, is it's hard to receive advice when you when you and this is so horrible to say this. I think it's horrible to say this, but I felt like I knew better. <laughs> and then also allowing people to give advice in a way that because they're not trained to give advice in the way that maybe you are as a psychologist. So, mm-hmm. and and I think that for me, it has evolved to not just ask for help, but also kind of kind of checking in on myself. What kind of help do I need? Yeah. Like, do I need advice? Do I need somebody to just sit with me? Do we need to go in and just, uh, we have, I, we have been yelling in the forest and smashing the trees. I'm not part of this, but we took branches and we were smashing the trees. That would be the kind of help I needed. And yeah. so also I think that when I teach this to others, asking for help, also thinking about like, what kind of help is it that I need? Because yeah. some people will offer you something that, is kind of not exactly what you need. They would maybe they would offer you some kind of advice, and you're just hugely triggered by that, and to, totally you know feel that's not what I asked for. So asking for help, but also thinking like, what kind of help? What kind of support do I need? And then instructing your uh, your people to to kind of to or invite them to give you that. Yeah. I was listening to something the other day and I, and I honestly cannot remember what I was listening to. So apologies to whoever's information it was, but it was a, a married couple, husband and wife couple. And they were talking about when there is a problem with something, they will ask, do you need comfort or a solution? And I oh, thought, I love that. Beautiful, mm. simple mm. start to something. It's like, I'm suffering Okay, what do you need? Comfort or a solution? Yes. And I I think exactly. And the thing is that you can teach this to others. My children will do that now. They will come to me and they will say, Mom, I need you to listen to this. Or there's a mom, I need you to give a a, a, you know a solution to this or Mm. something like that. So they will even uh, sometimes I will ask, and I think because I've asked this question a bazillion times, they yeah. will now, even in their, even when they are asking, they will, they will state, they will formulate what it is that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think this is a skill. Like we can, oh, okay. I see so many people out there and, and, and sometimes, especially women, uh, hoping that others will be able to read their mind and give them what they need, which I, totally understand but if we want something we're we're gonna have to ask for it mm-hmm. and and support is such a it's such a uh, <laughs> I think abstract word so what kind of support we are looking for or what kind of help or what kind of whatever um and the more we can be very specific about that the more we are giving ourselves opportunity to be helped the way we need to be helped or to be supported or whatever it is that we need. Absolutely. Slowing down and tuning in and asking that question of ourselves. Yeah. Do I need comfort? Do I need support? What is yeah. it that I need? I, li- I like to ask yeah. myself as well with stuff of, you know, what internal resources do I have that I can draw on? And also what external yeah. resources do I need to go and seek out? as well and that might be going to somebody and saying actually hey Ricky I've got this thing going on can you help me and this is what I'd find really helpful which it takes courage right because somebody might go it does (laughs) I'm not going to help you or I want to help you in this particular way because 
You know, people don't always want to do what you want. So again, it takes vulnerability, that willingness to be vulnerable and the courage to ask the questions, both of yourself and of other people. Yes. And I love what you're saying. I think also the courage to keep asking and then finding out, because one of the things that I have found out in my life, and I think this will ring a bell with most of you, is that sometimes we are asking the wrong people. Like I could ask a fish to climb a tree, a tree <laughs> like from from now until Christmas, uh, and it will not be able to do that. So in my life, I have people that I know, like this person will not be able to give me that, but it they will be able to give me something else. So yeah. also finding, also like realizing you are not asking too much, but you may be asking the wrong person. So who are, like, who can you go to and who can you, um, who, who will give you what you need and, and then have kind of a, a variety of people around you that yeah. could help you in different ways. Yeah. I think it makes such a good I, I have this, I have, yeah, I have a particular person in my life who always gives advice and, and it's not very welcome, but I see that this person loves me and that's like, that's how they show that. And I'm, so I'm like, I'm seeing it. I'm not listening to the advice, yeah. but I am seeing that this person generally is caring for me in this moment. So I'm just like receiving the love, but mm. not, not taking the advice per se. Mm. Um, and one of the things, like if I could ask people to do one thing after this, uh, which this is something I found really hard, but very helpful. Ask for a hug. Like, can, can, I, it's so amazing. Like if, when you are having a, like go to your partner and say, I need a hug. Yeah. And or go to your child or invite so my children will do that now. They'll come in and they'll go and they're like, they're they are young men now, right? One is driving a car and they're both going to the gym and they are have partners and they, you know, they're adult, young adults. But they will still come and say, I need a hug. Yeah. And then we we have a rule in our house. We drop everything and we hug. Like so and just the power of that, like stepping outside of words and just putting your arms around each other. That's yeah. an invitation to anybody who's listening. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And for you know, that there are humans who don't like the hugs. And I think think about what oh. that thing is for for yourself. If it's not a hug, what is your equivalent of a hug? And ask for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I love that. On your website, I notice you call yourself chief change maker. I like that. And you're <laughs> certainly seen as a leader within your field. What would be some words of advice that you'd offer to others, and particularly to those who identify as women, about stepping into a leadership role in their own lives? Oh, this is, I love this question. Uh, and I think, um, I think, I think again, this comes down to what we've talked about, the courage to lead. And I think nobody, well, maybe it will happen, but rarely somebody will come and say, please, could you lead? Uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, you will, you rarely will get that invitation. You will have to take the lead and you have to like, there's a choice for you to step into that and the, the funny I, I don't see myself as a leader uh, and I know many people say that uh, but and and then I also hear I just said I am willing to go first I'm willing to like <laughs> take the lead but but I, I kind of the definition I'm not of leader, I, right? <laughs> exactly exactly 
but but I just, I'll just say I'm not where I at because I decided I want to uh, be a leader, but more I want to lead. And there's a for for me there's a difference between um between those two. It's not the role I'm chasing. It's the um uh, it's the it's, I want to be somebody's north star. <laughs> I know it sounds very big, but like I want to be somebody who will be willing to step into the dark or or take do something difficult um and 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 then allow others to do the same. Yeah. So the advice would be to not wait until somebody gives you permission to lead. Mm. So so you know I think I rather than rather than thinking like who's going to let me I'm more like Who's gonna stop me? <laughs> so I will, <laughs> I will, I will, I will go with fear, with uh, fear of criticism, with all of that, um, and I will keep going, uh, and I will hopefully inspire others as others inspire me. Because I think again, this is not a solo trip; this is a group, uh, group journey, and so sometimes I need. I might need somebody else to walk ahead of me. Yeah. I remember um, I was I was in Nepal a few years ago. You probably heard me speak about this a lot of in variety of ways. But so just quickly, I was in Nepal and I was walking, uh, trekking with uh, Louise Hayes, a beautiful psychologist in Australia. And we were a group and we were walking up this mountain and it was really, really, there was no air. Well, there were air, but we, you know, <laughs> because of that altitude, it was difficult yeah. to breathe. And the guide, the the, the Sherpa guide, the, the uh, he just walked next or just right, actually right in front of me. And the thing is, I noticed that he was kind of looking at my body language. And then I kind of tapped into his breathing and his steps. So mm. even th there were no words, but I was just like, I, I was, I, I tapped in again to his breathing. I just followed his steps. And I think that that was so powerful for me. I needed somebody to be just half a step ahead of me and kind of help me get up that hill. And so I think. Sometimes we underestimate. We think that in order to lead, we have to have it all together mm -hmm. uh, and have something very smart to say and be mm -hmm. very articulate and perfect. Like you and me just in, agreed before this podcast, let's not no. be per perfect. No. Let's not just be perfect. Like if we, we say something wrong, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just going to be there. And sometimes, so remember that leading doesn't have to be putting, you know, being together and being articulate and being smart. Sometimes it really is just breathing <laughs> and taking a step uh, yeah, and, and being close to somebody else who will then follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I said before, when you said, I'm, I, I'm willing to go first. And I said, that's the definition of leadership. And I just wanted to actually say, because as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of the things about leadership, <laughs> isn't it? But I think also we can lead in the middle surrounded by people other people can be going forward there's different ways uh, to lead so i just did want to clarify that that is not what i see as the definition of leadership that we always have to be the ones kind of no. in first um but i think you're right it's that showing up isn't it it's willing to take some steps um maybe some yeah. picking up the torchlight and shining it so other people can see the path and they might go past you up off up the path um exactly yeah. and when that happens i applaud them yes. like <laughs> yes yeah. like you know seeing others shine like i remember my, my my parents would say i was horrible at 
sports because I would congratulate the others when they were winning. I was, oh, that's a good show. Like I was hard on my, my dad was on the side, like, you gotta, you know, he was, <laughs> he was, he wanted me to get into that winning mode. It just didn't happen for me. And so I, I and I think that that's more of the way I see myself today. When others are shining, when others are having success, uh, sometimes I will feel envy, of course, but I'm more like happy with them. And I'm like, you go girl, or you go human. I'm just mm-hmm. so proud of you. Because mm-hmm. this is not a cake. There's not a cake where there's like a slice for all of us and, and or slice for some of us. This is like infinite. Uh, and, and that's what I love to see people shine uh, and have success. Not, it doesn't mean financially it could be but having success for me is living the life of your dreams like i love when that happens yeah absolutely so i think like this this and i think this notion of uh or deciding not i like what i said before can i say that i think i just said something that i will like afterwards that not not thinking who's 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 gonna who's gonna allow me to do this, but more like who's gonna stop me. Like get into that uh, mode and 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 decide I'm gonna go for whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that is important to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so wonderful, and I, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's such a thrill working with people and seeing them make choices based on getting yeah. to know themselves, getting to know what they want. And then making choices about taking action to live the full and meaningful lives that they want to be living. Um, it's very exactly absolutely. Now you also have your own podcast, Cocktails and Courageous Conversations. <laughs> what a cool title that is. What inspired and motivated you to start the podcast? And what do you enjoy most about it? So the thing is that I have always felt pretty outside when it comes to the larger community of my peers. And it's not that, uh, it's not like, I think, I don't think it's a, it's a, it, that my peers are trying to, uh, make me feel like this, but I always, I suffer from comparisonitis, comparisonitis, like I compare myself to others. Uh, and then I feel like everybody else is cooler and smarter and everybody else has a PhD and has written a bazillion books and all of that. And so, Whenever I would walk around on conferences, I would first of all feel like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not as smart as any of these people here. And I would also hear like all of these conversations and see all these lectures where it's a lot of statistics and there's evidence and there's this and there's that. And then I would see myself after all that in the bar, (laughs) hanging out with amazing people. And, And this is not about the alcohol because, you know, having a cup of coffee at the bar even. And I I talked to people about like, what, what do you care about? Like, tell me about you. And I thought, this is such a cool thing. Like when the, when the therapists kind of get off work and hang out in the evening at, in the bar, they'll still talk about the things that they're passionate about. They'll still talk about the book that they wrote, but they do it in a slightly different manner. And I thought, let's do this. And, and I thought, but nobody will watch or nobody will, will you know, want to be my guest. So this was a project where the bar was really set low, like I'll do it and I'll maybe do one episode and then maybe I'll do two. And and so I know many podcasters, I think like yourself, you kind of have a schedule, you come out you know, once a month or every, whatever it is. Uh, but for me, this is just like, whenever I have the time, I interview somebody. So mm-hmm. what I enjoy is that to get online 
with because so is online mostly now um and we'll have a cocktail and uh, sometimes a cup of coffee it doesn't matter and then i i interview people about like what it is that you're passionate about so it's fun to talk with you know people that you and me, maybe we've read their books and we know they're kind of their professional, very professional side, but, and also meeting like kind of the person behind that. So that was the idea. And uh, I, I, I really, I really like that people appreciate it. Uh, and for me, it was simply just a passion project uh, born out of a bar. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. I mean, let's face it, lots of good ideas yes. come from the most random of places, don't they? I still I still exactly. think to myself, how come I'm on season four of the podcast? How come I've got a podcast? <laughs> but when you were saying Well, because you're pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Very kind. And because you keep showing up, like you have like so you you did I'm I'm guessing you did one episode and then you did two and then you just kept doing it because it's rewarding uh for you and for of course for your listeners and for the people who you invite. Yeah. Uh so you know, well done you for showing up and 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 making this change in the world that you're making. Thank you. Yeah, and I think normalizing that, you know, getting to a conference and thinking, oh my gosh, everyone's smarter than me. Everybody's done a gazillion more things than me. I think most people that walk in conferences, even the people who have done the gazillion things are all thinking that as well. And with the podcast, you know, is anyone yeah. going to listen? And then all of a sudden you have people listening and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, this is very cool. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Um, I I had had a supervisor a long time ago before I was practicing and she was somebody who gets huge amounts of grant money and, you know, is on different boards around the country. And I can remember going to a meeting with her and her speaking about how surprised she was that she was asked to be on these things. And I'm looking at her thinking, you are a legend. <laughs> like, what? how would you feel like you've got imposter syndrome? This is, but then it was like, oh, wow, actually, that's really good. Because that really yeah. normalized for me that actually, even the people who are out there being really successful have these fears and worries yeah. and concerns as well. Yeah. Yeah. We all have it. We all yeah, have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you my favorite question that I ask everybody. If you could meet your 80-year-old self, what do you think she would oh. say to you? Ah. Here comes the tears, I think. Well, I don't know. If I could meet my 80-year-old self. So I think, I think she would say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, I think you'd say, I'm proud of you. I think she'd say, you got up. Uh, you got up one more time than you were knocked down every time. I think she'd say, um, you, made, you made an impact. Uh, you changed people's lives. And I'm, I'm, I'm moved by that because I'm overwhelmed by pride like right now. I feel very proud. She'd all, I think she'd also say, like, if I had, if I got to hang out and have a few glasses of wine with her, she'd probably say, like, you should have uh, worked less and travel more, like all of that. Yeah. Uh, but if I, I, if I just met her briefly and she'd be kind, she, I think she'd say, I'm proud of you. 
and for for showing up even when it was hard. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I would. Um, you, you have done so much. What would yours say? <laughs> oh, you've turned that on me. Wow, nobody's done that before. I turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, what, like, so let's say, like, let's, let's meet our 80 year olds to get, what would yours say? Oh my gosh. Well, I think first of all, she'd say, get over here and give me a hug. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think my 80 year old self would say, I love you. You are enough. Yeah. I've always been enough. Yeah. Thank you for staying yeah. and doing all the work that you've done in the world. And like you, I I feel moved by that because I, like many of us, have struggled with many things throughout my life and I have persevered and I have also got up more times than I've been down. And um, I do feel good about the work that I put out into the world. It's um and the and the best thing for me about it, not only do I feel good about it, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun yes. doing it. Yeah. Like getting to have conversations so by- like this is is just <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, who gets to do this? This is just fun, right? I'm so moved by this right now. I know people can't we can see each other, but people no. can't see us right now. I'm just like watching you say that i'm really moved and i i just love that you nobody nobody's asked you that but the answer you just delivered uh unrehearsed was uh very moving i'm just like i'm sobbing over here Haiti. <laughs> yeah and that that has been a and i love how we go on you go I, and just this this question uh that and and so you know we'll use this in in therapy and and in in other um instances or in other contexts but the the question about having that perspective looking back at yourself i think it's just so powerful just wanted to remind us how powerful it is mm-hmm. uh checking in with our 80 year old self and and drawing wisdom for that from that again yeah. I, I i'm pretty sure my 80 year old would say oh you should have you should work less <laughs> travel yeah. more and, and i think that is very valid wisdom but also connecting with the i love you i'm proud of you you were always enough like yeah. isn't that lovely to mm. meet that 80 year old absolutely and i mean i i am act trained and then found the world of compassion focused therapy and as people who listen know that that has been life changing for me and there's a time that if somebody yeah. else had asked me that, one, I would have said, well, I don't think I'll ever get to meet her. And two, I would have said, I would never have been able to say, um, you're enough. You've always been enough. I love you. I'm proud of you. Like that's in itself been a, you know, a, a road to be traveled that I have uh, walked along. Um, and it feels lovely for you to have flipped that question on me. At first, I was like, that's a bit cheeky, Ricky. <laughs> But I like it. <laughs> and to be able to have answered that so e- easily, um, that actually feels really nice, actually. So thank you for flipping the question on to me. Um, and thank I, you for I would, sharing. I know it's I know it's vulnerable. Yeah. But I would also say to you as well, given that your 80-year-old self would say, 
you know, work less, travel more. I hope that you might reflect on that for yourself before you get to yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think there's so much wisdom. Don't wait till you're 80 to get that, you know, to understand that. Maybe you should do that right now. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm going to make a choice, I might actually check in with myself and say, you know, what's future Haley think about that then? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even going back, I do that a lot as well. I have a picture of myself when I was just little, and I'll use this in my trainings. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing you mostly see clients. I the clients I see are practitioners, uh, yeah, so I help people do act. Uh, yeah, and and so I'll have people then bring a, a picture of themselves from when they were little, either like physically or digitally, and even like talking to your younger self can be so powerful as well. So I just love this time traveling thing yeah. that you just did with us. I love yeah. that. And I'm really proud of you for sharing and I'm really proud of you. And I also think what something that you said that is so important, Haley, is that the first time we meet our 80-year-old self, the story may not be as loving and kind and compassionate, yeah. but it's a, it's a skill that we can practice, uh, yeah. like meeting ourselves with that kind of compassion. Absolutely. Changing that relationship that we have with ourselves. It's um, worth it. Hard work, I think, but well, well worth it. Yeah. So if people want to find out more about you, Ricky, or get in touch, where can they find you and engage with you and your work? And I'll pop links in the show notes. So there are, there yeah, yeah. So there are two, two main places. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to be on social media and that's a skill I want to be better at. I'm better at, uh, you know, teaching act than, uh, marketing myself. But so, but if you would support me, like find me on social media, Instagram and, and support me there. But my website is my name. So www.wikikilgard.com. You can put it in the links. And I also have a Facebook group for practitioners from all over the world. Uh, so if you want to come in and connect with me, and this is a place where you can ask questions or and I will ask you questions about values and stuff. So feel free to come and join the Facebook group and, and you can put that link. So my website and uh, rickykilgott.com. And also if you are, so I work in Swedish and Danish as well. So if you come to my main website, you can then choose to navigate to my Swedish website or my Danish website. I'm a multi- <laughs> international uh act person so my website and in the facebook group that that's that's where i i i I live and also i can just say as a little i'm not trying to sell you anything but if you really wanted to connect and 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 learn something i have what is called the act practitioners academy which is the place where people uh, pay a little monthly fee. And then each month I, I deliver a new piece of training and each month we have a Q&A. So we get on Zoom and I ask all of the questions that people may have. So that is an opportunity as well. So it's the actpractitionersacademy.com. Yeah. And I'm glad you said yeah. that. And it saddens me when I hear women, and it does tend to be women. I'm sure some men do it as well, but it does tend to be women. Um, when you have something to offer the world, and we have kind of been socialized into don't really be doing that. Don't really tell people what you're doing. And this thing of like, yeah. oh, I'm not trying to sell you something. Actually, please do because people that need it. So thank you for being brave enough yes. to self-market and um, go you. So anybody <laughs> wants to join that and learn more about ACT from Ricky, then go ahead. And I will put those links in the show notes. 
So finally, before we have to say goodbye, and I don't really want to end this conversation, but we will <laughs> have to, um, if you could distill it down into one piece of advice, and I know that's really quite hard to kind of just have it as one, what would you most want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? You have the best questions, really. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just love your question. So um, I think, again, I, this is hard to distill it down. What I would say, don't wait. Don't wait for permission to shine, you lovely diamond. Go out there and shine the way that you shine and, and just keep shining. Uh, so, so don't wait for permission. Uh, you have permission. Like you have permission to, to live the life you want to. Um, so, so I think that would be my advice. Take, you know, get up. <laughs> I think there are several advice here. I hear that, but get up every time you get knocked down, uh, which is hard, but don't, don't wait for permission. I think that would be my number one. Do not wait for permission. Mm-hmm. We are holding ourselves back more than enough. Uh, there, you know, and, and, and if, I will be your supporter. Like if you're out there listening to my voice, imagine me like cheering for you like a mad person. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to cheer for, for anybody who listens and needs a little uh, support. Absolutely. It's almost like for anyone out there that doesn't feel they can give themselves permission, you have it right here, right now from Ricky and from me. Yes. Get out there, live the life yes. you want to live and um, do the things you want to do. And we are cheering. Yeah. We are cheering. Yes. Like imagine the most glittery cheerleaders. That's who we are. Crying from like I would be the one. I would be crying, uh, clapping my hands, like sobbing because I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So please, please shine on you beautiful diamond. Do not wait. Yeah. Fantastic. Ricky, this has just been heartwarming. It's been interesting. It's been fun. I've loved it. I've loved meeting you. I've loved chatting with you. I have no doubt that people are going to get a lot from this. Um, It's just been so great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're very much welcome and I'm always happy to come back whenever you need me. And I'll be cheering for you as well, Hayley. You and lovely I, diamond. I'll be. <laughs> we can, we can just start so a massive much. cheer squad around the world. <laughs> Do a cheer squad, exactly. So thank you so much. And thank you for the squad. lovely work you're doing. Yeah, come join us. <laughs> and that's the thing. We can put out an invitation. If you want to be part of the cheer squad, you just find some people in your life and you just start cheering for them and ask them for, for yeah. them to cheer for you as well. And we can just start this, yes. this beautiful... Um, sense of everybody supporting each other um i've had a conversation twice recently of you know this rising tide lifts all ships Mm, i love that yeah i love that so thank you again beautiful to see you thank you so much for having me here it's a pleasure thank you for sharing this time with me today i hope your time here was helpful and supportive If there has been something in this episode that you've found helpful, I invite you to share it with another person you think might benefit. I'd also love it if you'd leave a five-star rating and review wherever you tune in. Ratings and reviews really help to increase awareness of podcasts, meaning I can spread helpful information more widely. 
All reviews are welcome and much appreciated as I know they take time out of your day. If you'd like to be notified when the next episode airs, please use the link in the show notes to join my mailing list. Music and editing by Nissa Ray. Thanks, Nissa. I wish you all well in your relationship with yourself and may you go well and go gently.